Goodbye, Michael. Right, goodbye. Goodbye, Michael. Have some tea or a beer. I've always loved you. Looks <laughs> great. We'll never see. We're you're never going to hear from him again. <laughs> is he gone? He's been. Michael, he's he's been threatening that for, for <laughs> weeks. Great. I think this is it. No, I, I said. I said the worst this could go is that you go back to the parasocial relationship you had with this guy before we just ruined the whole thing. So uh, that's that's what's at stake here. That's, that's a low bar, right? So that's perfect. If it weren't for parasocial relationships, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> it is yet to be determined in the future. It's like a new, brand new thing. Yeah. What would we do without work. NFTs? Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. Welcome, Reasonable Beef. Oh my Adam. God, are we starting? Yeah, I guess we can. Is it, is, oh, okay. Surprise. Uh, this ooh. is part of the experience on this podcast, is this is what we've done to every single person, is hmm. is we sit down, we've said hi, and then Tim goes, welcome to Reasonable Beef, and then everyone else goes, oh, oh my God. Yeah, well, I, I, mean, I kind of like it because it... It keeps everyone on their toes. It's almost like when you go, if you're at like a family dinner and then someone just casually drops the biggest news in the world yeah, sure. and everyone's like, wait, sorry, what are, should we not, are we saying grace? Are we not eating? I, I shouldn't <laughs> I, say, are we saying grace? Nobody in my family says grace, by the way. <laughs> don't want to bring that back. I, I don't have that kind of yeah. background. Don't have that kind of, well, I, I think of it more like, like hanging out in the lobby. You know what I mean? Like you're still yeah. at reasonable, you're already at reasonable beef. You're in the building. You're right. appreciating mm. our Roman columns, uh, yeah. Grecian, Grecian columns, co- Grecian condoms. Grecian condoms, yes. <laughs> Sparta. Let's riff it out, fellas. <laughs> Funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Uh, anyway, so welcome to uh, uh, Reasonable Beef. My name's Tim Kish. Who's oh, with, uh, Dom, Dom's here. That's great. And, and welcome. We're here with a wonderful guest. Can you please introduce yourself? Lovely guest. Yes, my name is Adam Rafai. I do not have a Trojan horse cock. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Can we say, say stuff like that on here? Well, you can say whatever, we, though. Not only can on we, here. sometimes okay. it happens when we don't mean to. Okay, I was yeah. going to say with a podcast that starts with the word "reasonable," I should ask because <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's a Mormon it's fil- film podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, orgasmo. Um, I um, yeah, I'm a podcaster. I've, I live in Chicago, do improv and all kinds of stuff, and uh, I'm very excited to to be on here. Thank you all so much for the invite. Very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's wonderful. Well, it's wonderful to have you. Um, you're on a special episode. This is this is a format we haven't done in a little while. It's called Defenders of the Rotten. Gonna give audience a second, just okay. Cool. This is Defenders of the Rotten, and basically, this is the idea here: is we take films that are ranked low on a Rotten Tomatoes score, understanding that the one to one hundred Rotten Tomatoes score is not necessarily a one to one hundred quality scale, but a aggregation of high and low reviews. I understand that. Please don't DM me about it. Uh, we are gonna take films with low Rotten Tomatoes scores and bring them up to the level that we believe them to be. Um, Hell yeah! Are Are you excited for this? I'm very excited. I get to talk about one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I'm so, I'm I very can't wait to, to hear you, this. dude. I, yeah. You know what? I, I cannot yeah, I, wait to hear you talk about this movie. Let's just pop, pop, pop the top. Why did you make me watch this? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. So you said you said that this is a special episode because you're returning to a certain format. Yes. I have to ask, is this because I I feel so bad for you two. Why? For, for, <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Okay. But the main reason, for, the main reason being... Uh, you all, everyone brought in a movie. So you're yeah. basically, every time you do this format, you're watching six hours of movies in prep, mm-hmm. which is insane. Anytime I guess on a podcast and I even have to watch one movie, 
I'm like, this is cool. I usually watch movies anyway, and especially yeah. I was happy to do this because I got to rewatch one of my favorite movies. But it's insane to watch six hours of of video for for prep for an hour long podcast. Let, let me give you a little. Let me give you a little secret. Yeah, we often okay. don't. <laughs> yeah, Tim and I were like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let's. Well, uh, we well, this is well. a, here's a special one where I sat down and really just soaked up the frames. <laughs> a lot of times we're talking about, hey, remember the mask? Yeah, that was a good movie. You remember? Like, how about how about the yeah. the somebody yeah. stop me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember That's the, what the show mostly not is. fair. Yeah, <laughs> is that it? That's your argument? Yeah, that's great. So this is a, this is a format we brought back, and we brought it back because it's 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 great for guests. It helps us all get Ooh, to know nice. each other and, yeah. and exper- express our, our deepest darkest. Uh, uh, yeah, well, we used to, to do for the you know if if anyone listening to this remembers these these episodes from however long ago it was, um, I say that like as if it hasn't been the same group of people since we started this just being really it's been it hey people have cycled in and out <laughs> but we used to do also a bringer downer of the fresh it was defenders of the rod and bringer downers of the fresh and then right. tim and i in our in our grand sweep of trying to be less negative and also to stay uh, i know the word reasonable can be applied in both directions it's not inherently like a positive thing it was a career thing we didn't want to be talking <laughs> negative about things explicitly for a career it, reason. Well, it, it felt weird to like go out of your way to like it's it's when we review a movie when it's like oh this new thing is out and, you know when I say new thing I mean new Marvel movie is out and we talk uh-huh. about it critically. <laughs> yeah. It's like well it's inevitable we're going to have you know things to say sure. criticism but to like pick something out that we just think too many people like it just felt yeah. like kind of a mean spirited like, I think well, I think that's I think that's very smart. Uh, and I also, I on one of my podcasts, I once, I remember, it wasn't just me, it was, I think it was multiple of, of the hosts were kind of shitting on, I, I won't even say the name, we're shitting on like a very popular like kids animated movie. Mm-hmm. And then the next, and then like six months later, I was in LA and we were taking some meetings and we ended up taking a meeting with a company and they're like, we're, we absolutely love the podcast. We love to work with you in some regard. And they were the studio that made that movie. And mm-hmm. I, and they were like, we heard you mention, um, the, and they kind of brought it up, and it, and it was like a very awkward. And I was like, "Is this like a whole? W- did you t- have a meeting oh, with us just to like dress us down?" Or like it was, it was that awful. Is so, <laughs> that's a classic Hollywood stamp, yeah. Hollywood tale. But I, but I think it's one of those things <laughs> get, where it's like get these riddle people, get these riddle people here in the office. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things where hey, you're here's like, a joke for you. Here's a job. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha. You're you're in your closet on a podcast, and you're like. You know what? Polly Shore is a fucking piece of shit. And then like, yeah. and then you're out somewhere, and Polly Shore is like, "Hey, buddy, love the podcast." And you're like, "Oh no, I didn't think, I didn't think anyone listened to this." No. Yeah, you don't sure. understand. To me, you're not real. You, you, yeah. you, 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 and then you get more pissed media. off. Then you get more pissed off because Polly Shore clearly doesn't listen all that often and missed the yeah, one yeah. where you talk shit on him. Uh, Fake fan ass Polly Shore. Yeah, yeah. Um, be mad at him for real. We pop. Yeah. Uh, so we we pop the top. The lid, the lid is open on, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, damn, what's this movie called? Nothing But Trouble. Yes. Yeah. Uh, g- give, me, give me the 411 here. So it, Nothing But Trouble, 1991 film directed by Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, so I was uh, I was told to select a movie that I felt deserved a higher rating. I got to be honest, I didn't even look at the Rotten Tomato score. Do you have it in front of you? It is, or, 11. It is it 11. It is the number okay. 11. <laughs> okay, I've, I assumed it was very far down the list. Um Lucky, lucky number 11. So this, <laughs> this movie is called Nothing But Trouble. As you mentioned, it was uh, made in 1991. It was written by 
Dan Aykroyd and it, with help from his brother Peter Aykroyd, mm-hmm. it, directed by Dan Aykroyd, starring Chevy Chase, Demi Moore, John Candy, the aforementioned Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, Shock G in the Digital Underground featuring Tupac Shakur. Yeah. So much Psychotic. fun being yes. had. This movie, I remember seeing, I must have seen it in like 1992 or 1993 on video, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind. It's very much, my favorite movie of all time is Beetlejuice, and I feel like this is like a spiritual okay. successor to that, because it's basically this very, very wealthy, high-to-do New York man in Chevy Chase, um, lives in the same building as Demi Moore, who's like this little honey pot, uh, who's frazzled <laughs> and needs, for some, I can't even remember why she needs to go to this on this trip like to her, wherever uh, her boyfriend or something her boyfriend, sold, yeah, her boyfriend selling a property in Atlantic something. city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That she yeah. liked it's maybe I will, I will uh, concede this point. It's maybe the worst setup in history of <laughs> cinema. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Cause they're like, they get in a car and there's th- these two Brazilian million billionaires who get in the car with them. And then they're like, be fun, take a detour. And you're like, this is the worst setup in history. Well, can, we, can, um, we so talk, can we talk, can we talk about the Brazilian heirs for a second? Because yes. they introduce these characters, which is clearly like a, a, a word pun that they came up with. And we're like, Oh, this has gotta be in the fucking movie. And they did yeah, gotta- <laughs> like, they're in there as a joke. And then are just like characters in the film that they need to write an arc for. That I guess yeah. they sort of do. Uh, yeah. Their, their subplot, their journey is really weird. I mean, the whole movie's, bonkers um but well, the, their subplot the, especially is like you'd never really know like why did they what happened to them happen like it's it's very it's very yeah. weird i, I, I just thought it was ba- so funny the, the brother is played by taylor negron who is like a character actor who shows up yeah. in like a bunch of 80s stuff and 90s yeah. stuff and then just kind of disappeared i think he might have had his health issues or something i think he passed away a couple yeah. years ago um but he's really oh. funny he's got chops well, and every, everything like he's only in tiny things uh and is always yeah. very funny but i i have to imagine like my mind's eye goes to uh, 1991 on set and the only thing I can picture is Dan Aykroyd in like a megaphone screaming to to the two actors that were playing the Brazilianaires more yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah. just laughs> like a hundred times because it's like they're the most over the top characters of all time but they so um, the two Brazilianaires Chevy Chase and, and uh, Demi Moore go on this road trip and along the way, the Brazilianers are like, let's have some fun and let's go on like a little detour and see see the sights of New Jersey. So they mm-hmm. take this little side road and they end up in this like the most weird little shady town um, full of like steam coming out of every port in the ground and yeah. like bikers and like freaks right. and geeks and everything. And they they uh, do like a what I call what I call in the Midwest a California stop, which is like you don't fully stop at a at a stop yeah. sign. You you kind of cruise past it. Um, That's funny. I call that of... a Minnesota stop. Oh, Where? can I ask why? <laughs> no particular reason. Because <laughs> it's what made I guess Howie Mandel famous. Yes. Yeah. Um, but after that, they they get pursued <laughs> by a cop played by John Candy. They speed. There's all this stuff. And then they get brought back to this um, uh, to Dan Aykroyd's character, who's like the the town um, basically mm-hmm. judge. There's a different term, but he's basically like the judge. Uh, and they get put on trial. He's the but Reeve, it's basically- yeah, which is a, but- a ro- rotating rotating court judge, Reeve. Yes. Um, and I do want to talk about the, the town just real quick. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm poking holes in it. No, no, no. So, please. so being from, I'm from like Northeast United States. I'm from South Jersey, um, a suburb right outside of Philadelphia. So when they're driving and they detour into Vulcanvania, I'm like, oh, they're in northeastern Pennsylvania. 
Like that's that's just what that looks like. It's just like because there's actually a town in Pennsylvania called Centralia, Pennsylvania, famously the inspiration for Silent Hill, where literally that actually happens. There's a burning mine fire fire underneath of the town and no one can live there. One of my favorite stories was that the mayor was the mayor by default because he's the last man left in the town. But it's still like an officially designated town. But that was so funny. Yeah. It was a couple years ago. But Holy I'm sorry. shit. <laughs> my, no, that was, this was, that was worth place. hearing about. Yeah. <laughs> For me, watching this movie, it was a truly, especially just as we're in talking about this first act specifically, never, I, I, and I think I mean this, never before have I known less what a movie is going to do. Like, when, when, because I'm like, oh, th- this is even from the from the poster. You know, all I saw was the like Apple TV poster, and it's right. like, oh, so is this sort of like a New York '90s? You know, we're thriving, the economy rules, comedy kind of thing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, this is gonna be Love fun. Those. And that was so. Then it starts that way, and I'm like, ah, he's charming, right? This is great. Oh, he's a nice rich guy. This is awesome. I like this. And then they're like, they pull into the spooky town, and I was like. Okay, spooky town. What are we doing right. here? And I thought I was catching on, like, oh, is this gonna be like a ghost something or whatever? Turns out, no. Well, what, what's, <laughs> what's great is that they impossible into, to explain. <laughs> they pull into the spooky town that they fucking built themselves for the film. Like, you know, like this oh my is so, god, dude. It is, well, yeah. Speaking of the economy, you know, we we talk about this a lot on Reasonable Beef. Of like, there is a there is a a golden. I don't even think you could. It's Era. got spillover into the into the two thousands, but there is like a spending a spending style of certain movies from the nineties where you're just like, yeah. who in the grand fuck <laughs> gave them right. that much money to do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, so I'm sorry. So please, uh, about the summary. Yeah, I, I won't go. I'm not going to go through every like scene or moment, but it's basically sure. the the uh, Dan Aykroyd's character's uh, house, who's who's the judge, who the the everyone gets brought to to kind of see what's going to happen to them. He uh, has a history and habit of killing most people who come through the town because most people who come through are um, carrying uh, weapons or have drugs or have uh, or just bad personalities. So mm-hmm. he <laughs> usually kills everyone, and so they right. they find themselves in this giant. A decrepit house and on this plot of land and in this town um, where kind of anything goes, where these people are, are just backwards, uh, uh, vaguely supernatural creep weirdos right. who do whatever they want and, and they mostly want to kill. And so it turns into almost I'm a massive fan of like escape rooms and mm. immersive theater and like uh, haunted houses and stuff. Mm. And this ticks every one of those boxes where it's almost it's not quite supernatural, but it's almost like a dark comedy supernatural deliverance. Sure. Um, and it's basically them like finding the different rooms of the house, trying to avoid death on things like Mr. Bone Stripper, the roller coaster that kills you. Right. Um, Which was awesome. Did you? I watched it with subtitles on. And yeah. I don't know if I would have caught this otherwise, but the song during yeah. that sequence is going "Bone Stripper." Bone Stripper. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like a hair metal. It's like a hair metal song that just screams about the roller coaster. Yeah, but it, it's so the 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 premise and the setting and, and whoever did the set set decorating is mwah, Chef Kiss deserves an A plus. Like I want them to design a house for me. It's right. incredible, and it is. I in my opinion it is so well acted in terms of like Dan Aykroyd is absolutely stellar. Um, he pulls double duty as the judge and then he also plays one of the craziest characters ever made for film, um, Little Devil. There's two yeah. twins named there are two twins yeah. named Bobo and Little Devil who are like thirty something year old 
babies with four pairs of breasts and yeah. there's mm-hmm. clearly something very wrong like they're they're mutants yeah they're, um, they're mutants for sure but they're not i mean they're not getting a call from professor x they're not that type of mutants they're no, no, no. <laughs> the best like <laughs> i mean they might <laughs> they might let's, yeah. see, let's see who they have the rights to going into the next phase of marvel <laughs> oh my god um, John Dr. Candy is going to run into them. I'll, I'll tell you, they, they, these guys might show up in the background of Space Jam too, if you really look carefully. <laughs> a movie there, we sub it, in Bobo. Yeah, a movie I just saw that's uh, completely not set in space, and John Candy <laughs> pulls uh, double yeah. duty as excuse John me, Candy pulls, cyberspace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you're right, you're right. Sure. Space Bar Jam, but John Candy pulls double duty as himself and then his uh, twin sister. Like, there's just right. there's some really tremendous acting going on. Um, Chevy Chase is fine to me. More is fine, but do, do, I, they're they're more they're more like the everyman. Like they are the mm-hmm. audi- audience surrogate, where it's like we are supposed to feel how they feel going in, and then everyone else I feel is just outstanding. Uh, just in terms of like over the top, insane. It's just so so fun. It's a delight. Every scene is like very sumptuous to look at in terms of like the detail and what they did with the sumptuous. house and with the city. And yeah. it's just it's just bonkers. It's absolute chaos. It's absolute madness. And I love it for for all those reasons. I feel like it deserves and and the Aykroyd family, Dan Aykroyd and his family, have been in the sort of supernatural realm since I think the late eighteen hundreds. Like I think his great great grandfather was like a ghost hunter or a psychic okay. or something. And so they are. If you ever watch like when when Dan Aykroyd wrote Ghost, Ghostbusters, it was like set on like planet Murkamock or something, and the Ghostbusters lived on a planet with aliens and ghosts and all this stuff and i think harold ramis came in and was like buddy 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 we gotta set this in new york right so so this is like full what we're seeing is the product of dan Aykroyd's unfiltered brain which is like i want this to be bonkers because he he believes in ghosts he believes in aliens um he has a he has a vodka tequila vodka called crystal crystal skull vodka because he Mm. believes in the theory Uh. of the crystal skulls out in the world right so if you ever watch old watch like johnny carson interviews with dan Aykroyd when he was just starting in the 70s and it is the most uncomfortable bonkers shit you'll ever see on a talk (laughs) show oh my god i didn't know this at all that's incredible so 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 it's funny with someone like him because we we talk a, a lot you know it comes up a lot of like filmmakers who get given you know the the pass they make some they make big successful hugely successful things yeah very famous and then they're allowed to make something crazy there's just not as many people saying no anymore we talk a lot a lot about it i feel like more now you know i don't know if it's just because it is it is the era that we're in or whatever but like it is fascinating let alone just like i don't think about it so much in 80s 90s directors getting to do whatever they want necessarily but it's more like someone like him who is you know he's not i would say most people don't even realize he's he directs and that he is a filmmaker and it's funny with someone in his zone of like hasn't directed like a million movies or that ones that you would really know of it's but he is one of these guys who has that he has this one crazy movie where like Oh, they just no one no one had anything to say because they trusted yep. him. They said oh, yeah. you you can go for it, man. Whatever sure. the hell you want to do. Well, I understand there's a weird trouble production behind this. I saw that there was like a 25 minute documentary on the making of this on YouTube 
of just apparently there's a ton of drama in the background. I don't think Dan Aykroyd wanted to direct this necessarily. I think that that's like playing two characters in extensive prosthetic makeup, which, by the way, can we talk about how in the late 80s, early 90s, they're like, let's fucking put prosthetics in every goddamn movie ever, because this oh, has yeah. the most like 90s looking prosthetics in the world. Um, I Dan Aykroyd's movie, nose is literally a penis at one point. It is. Like, it is yeah. <laughs> which is the joke, but it's also jarring to be like, whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, and I, I just I, was I suddenly like, yeah, seeing a penis. Yeah. I, I know that Dan Aykroyd uh, has Asperger's syndrome, and I, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I see a bit of, I mean, not not to, to paint people with Asperger's with a broad brush, but there are things in here that, that I recognize as like, you know, very, very tactile things, um, how everything is kind of set up in, in a bit of a funhouse. I mean, there's literally like a toy train section here that, that he put yeah. in with intention. Um, I, I feel like this is a bit of Dan Aykroyd's funhouse. Like, I think that the, you, you immediately saying, hey, I like tactile things. I like things like mazes and escape rooms like oh yeah so of course you love the the flowered slide you know what i mean that that, that they have in here and 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 all the the different spots um sorry i I was gonna ask you too is this par for the course like in when you look at like because i feel like this happens a lot when we do these defenders of the rotten thing is is it really fits within the fandoms that everyone has and it's sort of like oh i think this is this should be higher rated because it like I love stuff like this and people just aren't seeing what's good about it. So does this like, cause you said Beetlejuice. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Like, does this line up? You're like, yeah, of course this is in my, you know? Yeah. I think, well, one, I, I have to make a stand and say, and I didn't, I didn't realize Dan Aykroyd had uh, Asperger's. That's, that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, one, I have to make a stand and say, I feel like Dan Aykroyd is one of the most underappreciated actors in, of all time in sure. terms of like, you know, Blues Brothers, Ghostbusters, like he he's done so much tremendous work and I feel like he doesn't get a ton of credit. Like he, people are just like, oh, that's Jim Belushi's movie or not Jim Belushi, uh, uh, John Belushi's movie or Ghostbusters, right. Bill Murray's movie. Right. But he's the one setting everyone up for the joke. Like he's he's the ultimate volleyball player. Like he bump sets everyone to spike it down and he doesn't care that he doesn't that's get very the, true. The, the, po- the point for it. Mm-hmm. And then two, I also am... Uh, utterly obsessed and appreciative of any movie that has like a tremendous vision to it. And I feel like this has such a vision. Like you can tell without Harold Ramis or Belushi or whoever else reining him in, he vibrates at such a unique frequency. And it's so cool to see him (laughs) just be like, this is my vision. Like another, the only thing I can compare it to off the top of my head in the moment is like toys. If you've ever seen toys with Robin Williams and uh, Joe Cusack and LL Cool J, that's another movie where I'm like, is it a is it a tremendous movie in terms of like it's up there with like Schindler's List or you know um, <laughs> right some some amazing script or something? No, but it's such a clear vision in terms of like I want it to aesthetically look like this. I want the music to be this way. I want these moments, these set pieces to happen. To yeah. where anytime Toys is on, I'm like I have to watch it because it's so enjoyable to see someone's vision actualized. And even if it was like a massive flop, which usually they are, if it's not, yeah. you know, if it doesn't kind of break through the barrier, it's just so, to me, it's so delightful to see someone's strong vision to be like, they were clearly passionate about this. They clearly had a, a full vision for it and they were trying right. to, to do their best to, to actualize it. So I'm, uh, I, I absolutely adore this movie. So I, I know rare. exactly what you're saying, but my, yeah. my, my take on it is just that like, if these, I'm doing a visual metaphor here. If this is, there's a moment in like maybe the middle of the movie where like the tone and the vision perfectly align. And I think yeah. I totally get what's going for. I think it happens around maybe like 70% of the way through the movie towards the end. Like the, the gag where, um, you know, they finally get all the cops and then go back to Valkovania and he's like, oh, there's a beehive behind you. And they turn around and all the cops are like, hey there, 
there, Judge? Like, by then, I'm like, oh, I t- completely get the vibe that this is going for. But I feel like it's just wildly, tonally inconsistent until it gets there. Like, there is there is <laughs> moments of, of like, uh, what, what appears to be earnest passes at, like, a horror movie or, like, at least, like, a Rocky horror-esque, like, Oh, we're kind of in the middle of the road, just kind of being weird here for a little bit. Uh, and that's a very late 80s feel, in my opinion. Just like oh, yeah. in, in my mindscape, I feel like we dabble with a lot of that. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I really to, to me, especially watching it nowadays, it's really it's really interesting to see the moment because um, what Tim's referring to is like later in the movie. Uh, Chevy Chase and Demi Moore escape. They make it back to New York or at least they call the cops somehow. But they yeah. get all these people, they get like uh, basically a SWAT team and FBI and cops and everything to come to the house to try and arrest him and for, for killing all these people. And they have proof and they have evidence and all this stuff. And the cops are like, we need you to come with us to, to verify who you're talking about. And they're like, no way. And they're like, you have to or else we can't do it. And they're like, fine. So they go and they think they're like, we're leading the charge to destroy this man who tried to kill us. And then it's revealed that all the cops, all the FBI, the SWAT team, everyone know and love this judge yeah. <laughs> because because they say he gets done what needs to get done in terms of like killing um people who are you know who, who right. are ter- terrible passer throughs of the of the state or whatever and it's so fascinating watching it now to be like this so this is so representative of like small towns like i grew up in a small town in illinois and have been through a lot of small towns in terms of like just the the culture and the politics and the and it's it's something where you 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 spend time in these small towns and you're like, this is crazy. This isn't America. Like these people are backwards and they're insane right. and they're, they're racist and they're whatever. And you're like, this is not uh, representative of America. And then as this movie shows, you, you see the camaraderie between all these people and you're like, Oh, this actually is America. And some people very much <laughs> right. support what these towns are doing and turn a blind eye. And it's, yeah. it's just really, I, I mean, not to get, I don't want to get yeah. too sociopolitical, but it's its just very fascinating, especially through the lens of, of kind of everything of the last several years here. That was going to be the next thing I asked you, actually, because like, again, one of my, it, it took a while. There was, I had, I was on, I was on the friggin' bone stripper throughout this movie because I was like, all right, okay, I see what you're doing. And then I was like, what are we, what are we doing? Why, what is this scene where he has to marry her or whatever? <laughs> like, right. But hey, can we talk about real quick, John Candy? Not the worst looking man in drag. I, I mean, yeah. I'm just going to like, I'm just be like, it's supposed He's to be funny, off. but it's like, yeah, yeah, but he has soft feminine features and a circular face. He actually looks kind of pretty, <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> which oh, is yeah. not the attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he was doing a good job. With um, a last name like Candy, you got to give him that's love. That's true. Yeah. He's pretty sweet. too sweet. Pretty sweet. Um, but so that, what I was going to ask you was like, what do you think? And I, I haven't done really any reading about this. I haven't like watched an interview with... Dan Aykroyd talking about it, but like, do you think he was up to something specific in that arena? Was he making like a sociopolitical statement? Was it a reckoning of something? Like, what do you, what do you think about that? Part of, I'm kind of split 50, 50. Part of me feels like he, he can't not have just in terms Mm -hmm. of like the, the way the movie plays out. But, but at some point it's just like, it might've just been, you know, uh, it might've just been like a, um, deus ex machina swooping in to be like, they they right. still have to deal with this guy. Like they can't. The the hero does the the quote unquote hero doesn't win because well, Chevy Chase is basically a, a, a billionaire shitbag from New York. So you're you're almost rooting against him at points. And yeah, well, it's also Chevy sorry, Chase sorry. who everyone everyone fucking hates um, for good reason. <laughs> so, so it's uh, oh, now I'm going to take a meeting. But that's with Chevy a, but Chase, that's, a sure. <laughs> that's a post hoc. That's a post hoc analysis of it. Because, yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- 
the, the main theme throughout the whole thing is that like is bankers. It's all bankers that he's catching and snagging and people that he thinks yeah. are like financial criminals or people people who are like bad. So there, there, I feel like there is like a political aspect to it, but I feel like maybe this is something and please don't read this as comedy shouldn't be political. But I feel like maybe this is something that we and not to say this is a great example of a comedy, but I think that the main goal of this movie is to yeah. be funny. And there's there's yeah. like a reflection, there's a reflection of our world and there's like a mild reflection of politics as like a baseline to, to ground it in our world. But ultimately, I don't think this has that much to say about anything in particular. Yeah. Um, and if, if you haven't seen silly. the movie and if you're, if you're not going to watch he's it. he's Canadian, I, so fuck him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie and you're not going to watch it, the way I talked about it momentarily ago, it's it's almost seems like I'm setting up that they are, that the town is racist or anything. But it's fascinating to me that everyone they kill is almost exclusively white. And at some point, they they catch I think speeding or something. They catch Digital Underground, That's true. An, entire, an that, entirely yeah. black rap group, and they bring him in. And you're like, oh, he's gonna kill him. And then he's like, what do you do? And they're like, we're musicians. And he goes, we'll prove it. And they sing this song called uh, All Around the World. Or I think, or yeah. all around the world, the same time. something like that. Same or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so they sing this song, and and the judge is so thrilled he like joins in <laughs> on his um uh what do you call that? His bone uh, organ. organ. His pipe bone organ. organ. Yeah. Uh, not a not a euphemism. So no. he joins in and like rocks out, and he's like, "This is fantastic!" And sends them on their way, and he's like, uh, "You're free to go. Like, get out of here and have fun." So it's interesting. Of like, there, it's not it's not a race thing. It's just like he's yeah. It's, sure. It's, Was it? A very well, interesting I mean, moment in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's an like, extremely is, interesting moment, and, and it's also because it, as I'm watching this movie, sorry, Dom, I'll let you get to the point, but I just no, don't no. want to let this roll away. Um, it this comes from like this becomes like a weird middle of the road, like famously bad movie to like a wildly important movie in like hip hop history because you have Shock G, who is you know famously um, uh, what's what's Humpty, the like the Humpty dance, the guy with the, with the fake nose. That's the yeah. guy that produces. Uh, uh, Tupacalypse Now, you know, Tupac's first album. And Tupac is in this movie as one of his hype men. He's yeah, featured yeah. prominently. He's like 17 years old or something, like 18 this, years this old. Like, I think it was like two years before he blew up, like before or a yeah. year before he became like one of the biggest musicians on the planet. It's crazy. Like this is, you'll see GIFs and, and screen caps from this that are just the handful of frames that he's in because there's just so, you know, so little captured of mm. him. Um, whatever. Yeah, yeah just I, just, side, I just want to make that point bit. because I, I I mentioned like the the small town mentality, but this specific town, I think Dan Aykroyd makes a point to be like, it's not a it's not a race thing. It's just like yeah. if you just yeah, dicks. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Sorry, Dom, do you have something else? And then we can. No, that was it. I mean, that was kind of just a, a you know a question mark. I was like, is is this? You know, he's talking so much about early 1900s, and we're in the 90s. Yeah. We're kind of at the tail end of it. Is this like? You know, by accident or not, is he making some sort of bookends of the century sort of, you know, sure. uh, warring ph philosophical <laughs> concepts? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm giving I'm just it so thinking much. About, I'm thinking about Bobo and Little Devil <laughs> <laughs> like flopping yeah. stomachs right now. As you're There's saying. supposed to be, yeah, Socrates and uh, yeah, Aristophanes. <laughs> yeah, that's the one, the one Stephen. points up at, at Earth and the other reaches down below. Yes. Um, Listen, <laughs> I've read a book. And I did want to say one last thing before we move on to the next the next movie. Um, I did think that like everything is so elevated, you know, everybody's in a fucking costume, everybody's so like loud and like this funny. I thought wildly Demi Moore was the funniest person in this movie, and that could sound like an appeal to like you know oh, the the lady's the funniest part. She's so first of all gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous in this movie, placed into this weird extreme 
extremely bizarre film and is just rolling with the goddamn punches. She's completely putting herself into all the jokes. Like she's locked in a cage playing cards with these two mutant babies. And she's like, oh no, Bobo. It was Bobo's little hand there turn. Yeah, it was yeah. Bobo's turn that time. And it's just like, dude, Demi Moore is committing 110% to this she got, stupid she, movie, frankly. Yeah. She understood the role and she's like, I totally get what you're going for. Let's go. And I think Chevy Chase was like, cool, cool, cool. I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm here. The, movie, just, can, the yeah. movie can happen around me and I'm going to be Chevy Chase. Right. Yeah. So, so yes. hats off to Debbie Moore, who's just absolutely rolling with the oh, goddamn yeah. punches in this movie. And there's a, there's even a part where she's like, they, they have her on the phone. She needs to like negotiate with Chevy Chase's character. She's like, hi, Chris, it's me. Run, run for your life. Like her, her, like, <laughs> there's a really, her delivery to, there to your is point, very I wanna, funny. I want to talk about, there's uh, very quickly, there's a point where they sit down for dinner and they, fi- they figuratively make a meal out of like these hot dogs that are like the most disgusting looking and sounding oh, things yeah. ever. And surely, surely yeah. it's like a Foley artist punching a sock full of you know semen or something of to that make that sound dog. yeah cuz yeah. it's the most disgusting sound and it's the most unappealing visually looking meat of all time but they make a, a full meal and scene out of that but there's a moment where John Candy offers her food and he's like ants on a log so it's like celery <laughs> with peanut butter and raisins in the middle yeah. and there's a physical bit where Demi Moore politely accepts but can yeah. can barely uh, withhold her disgust while she's touching it and she like stands yeah. it on its end and sets it down and it's it's five seconds of a scene, but she does such a good job physically as a uh, to make it funny that you're like, that's brilliant. Like sh- I'm sure yeah. the script just said she takes one, and and she really made a meal out of it. So I'm I'm very pleased with her performance as well. So this uh, is I'm, a, I'm this has like eleven. That, yeah, sorry, this has eleven percent. Yeah, I would say. What do you give it? I think this deserves, in terms of like just how purely wild and fun and imaginative Dan Aykroyd's vision and brain is, and the and the aesthetics of the film and the the props and the set pieces and everything i think this deserves i'm gonna say 78 i'm gonna go right underneath 80 i think this deserves this deserves a a 78 um and i and i stand that i stand by that i I was a little worried re-watching it because i hadn't seen it in like 10 years i was a little worried being like oh no this is probably dog shit and like my (laughs) younger self thought was just like this cool (laughs) but i think it holds up (laughs) i think it holds up i think it was fantastic and and to play your other game very quickly if there's a movie that deserves to be knocked down whatever it's tomato rotten tomato (laughs) score is okay i'm so sorry dan Aykroyd, to do this to you the movie neighbors with uh, oh, Jim, yeah, with, with John Belushi and uh, and and Dan Aykroyd is oh, that's m- maybe my least favorite movie of all time. Is that the wait? Is that the mm. Tom Hanks one or am I? No, this is wait, this which is one am the... I? What the hell am I thinking of? I'm not you sure. Cast Away. <laughs> You're thinking <laughs> of the, uh, like, the Burbs? Like, yeah, it's the Burbs. Yeah. That's something. That's no. a Joe Dante yeah. movie, isn't it? Neighbors was one where it was it's based on a novel, and it's it's the most ins- like. The, uh, John Belushi at some point dies and then comes back to life. He go, falls oh. into a, a quicksand in his backyard, and then it's the weirdest <laughs> movie. Of, it's weirder than this movie. Not saying something, but it yeah. was uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd, and they each took the roles that were like right for them. And then on set, the director decided to have them switch roles oh. to where Dan Aykroyd's playing like a Nazi creepo, and John Belushi's like the suburban dad. Like the mm-hmm. the tame is like basically Dan Aykroyd's the wild man, which is clearly John Belushi's part. Right. But they swapped like day one because the director thought it would be interesting, and it's not. because <laughs> yeah. those so are that, those big swings. We don't hear enough about those. You yeah. hear about the big swings where they do something drastic on set, oh, yeah. and it pays oh, yeah. off because it becomes a classic. That, <laughs> you don't hear about when it's like, oh yeah, no, we just ruined <laughs> like this. Well, that's of... that's uh, I'm I'm in Chicago in the improv community. 
And there's stories at some of the theaters where it's like, there's a guy named John Lutz. I don't know if you know him, but he was sure. on 30 Rock. He's a he's very funny. Oh, yeah. But there's, yeah. there's like a famous story of like, there was SNL auditions and John Lutz was not selected to audition. And then like, he snuck into the theater and like walked on stage when he wasn't supposed to and did his five minutes for the SNL audition. And everyone was like, what's going on? It, it kind of threw off the night, but then he got hired as a, as a writer. And so it's like this funny story that everyone tells in Chicago of like, can you believe the gall on him? And like, he made it and like, it's so funny, but nobody ever talks about, there's like another instance where somebody did that. And then they were like kicked out of the theater. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. if you have, if you have success, it becomes a funny story of like, can you believe I did that? Like, that's wild. Yeah. But if you don't have success, it's like almost criminal where it's like, right. you yeah, are. Every, <laughs> every single one of those stories is predicated on a producer going, wait, 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 let him finish. There needs to be someone in power. Yeah, we uh, hear all the people who get tackled and tased and handcuffed yes. when, when they yeah. hop off the tram on the Universal tour. We just hear about Steven Spielberg becoming Steven yeah. Spielberg. Yep. <laughs> but everybody yep. else was like, ah, you can't steal those. Those are... Dorothy shoes or whatever. I don't know. That's we all hear yeah. about Harrison Ford and we love we love Harrison Ford, but we never hear about Jeff the Carpenter who was in a movie and it fucking <laughs> failed. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, oh, we shouldn't have done it. This guy's didn't go to <laughs> hey, you know, school. This guy's this a fucking guy, carpenter. This guy, this guy was 32 and had kids before his first acting audition and he didn't get it. Now he's still doing that. Um, <laughs> so we so let's let's jump into next the one. next one. Timmy, do you want to go or would you like to hear? Yeah, I'll, about you know, I will go. I will go because I feel like in a lot of ways it's actually a companion piece uh, uh, to Adel's yeah. movie. Please. Um, I picked Dick Tracy, 1990 film. Uh, this was directed by Warren Beatty. It stars Warren Beatty. I also think it might be produced by Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. Um, Madonna's in it. Uh, who? Goddamn. Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. Al Pacino is in it. Everybody's in this goddamn movie. Um, Dustin Hoffman is in it as a as a little bit part. Um, and right. you may be asking Tim, why are you, why are you making this this film, which cost forty three million dollars and made one hundred sixty three million dollars, and is it a sixty three on Rotten Tomatoes um, as a fresh film? Uh, why 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 are you doing that? Because nobody fucking remembers this one. Nobody talks about this. This never comes up. This is not culturally significant, except for maybe the song Vogue, which was not even in the movie, just on the album. Um, and I feel like that's that's a, that is a bit criminal. Uh, this so I love the uh, the first four Batman movies, and I love the transition from Batman one, Tim Burton's Batman one, to Batman two, where things get kind of like very colorful and like very extreme. So talking about like liking things that are tactile and like picking a vision and and, and executing on it, I feel like in a lot of ways, Dick Tracy's Batman one point five. It's the natural progression between like you know yeah. the kind of dour. Uh, colorful whatever batman era studio film uh and then just like kind of batman 2 where tim burton is allowed to build a gigantic christmas gift box that like flaming clowns pop out of you know uh featuring the penguin this movie is the most like i have a vision and i'm going to execute on it uh movie i think I've, I've seen in a long time actually i didn't watch this as a kid i watched this this year as an adult like earlier earlier this year wow. and it's just incredible like it's just so clear warren Beatty loves these comics because I, I got into newspaper comics this year very embarrassingly uh oh <laughs> so, speaking speaking of what's kathy up to oh uh, uh, well, <laughs> i don't well i don't read kathy i'm, I'm, I'm a mary oh, okay. worth kind of okay. guy uh but <laughs> so you this is not gonna land from i don't I don't know newspaper comics. Okay, okay how about Heathcliff? Big fan of Heathcliff. Oh yeah, I love those. those, are t- those All right. Good. Okay, okay. Anthro animal. Now I'm. Now I'm like with you. 
This um, family is a circus. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't believe it. And then I read, well, the, best, the, circular, be, the best part about circular one panel comic. Oh boy. <laughs> the best part about the best part about family circus. I'm in this group uh, for newspaper comics uh, on Facebook, and you, you do spotting for family oh, circus because every couple man. of months he uses the exact same comic, changes the eyes on one of the characters, and mm. changes the punchline at the bottom, and it's the exact same thing. That's it's fantastic. That's dude. That's industrious. All right, that's smart. <laughs> well, it's, dude, I, I don't even. People that write comics for the newspaper are fucking godlike. Just the worst. The worst job to have as an artist, and you have it and you love it and it's great but i digress dick tracy's a newspaper comic which means that it runs like you know once every day and you get like a small slice of it but it's extremely stylized and it was very very popular in the 20s and 30s and and i it didn't invent the pulp uh aspects of or you know like little uh, hard-boiled detective pulp elements but certainly uh, collected them in one place that's easy to reference right so this movie fucking goes for it. It looks like a goddamn comic. Every single frame, every single shot looks like a drawing from the newspaper comic. Just like this very, very clearly well-loved film. So uh, what you're saying is, you seen this? Uh, you're saying Dick Tracy walked so that Sin City could run. That's very, well, no. <laughs> and then so, well, that, that's, and that's, so that the that's spirit could trip over yeah. its shoelaces, <laughs> fall out of a two-story window. You, Dick, Tra- Dick Tracy walked so Sin City could run out of steam and fail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got Ada. Everything. What's that guy's name? The Octopus. What a great villain. What a great. <laughs> but wow, that is I a forgot. Dick. That is a Dick Tracy style villain. But I just anyway. pulled the. I pulled the spirit out of, out of the fucking back of my head, man. I can't believe you even remembered that. But that's an oh, important spirit? point yeah. because yeah. I mean uh, that ref, I, that line. I can't I, forget just, the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the octopus. I got Ada everything. Great. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the introduction. <laughs> what, a, what a mental picture. <laughs> uh, I will say I was, I was surprised, Tim, that you said you just watched it this year because you, you're you're kind of being a champion for it. But I, I got to be honest, I've never seen it. I As a kid, I was a big fan of the McDonald's Collector's Cups. Mm. So I will say that's that. What I'm s- and that's yeah. a, yes, that's another <laughs> important I, piece to it because they really yeah. tried to Batman the shit out of this movie. There's so much merchandise. So if you if you go uh, um, thrifting or just like diving, I, I guess yeah. about ten years ago, and maybe not so much anymore, you'd find a lot of like Dick Tracy lunchboxes or whatever because it's shit that just like they made a ton of it and it just sat on the shelves. And yeah, just, I feel like just, I feel like I have seen it because I must. It came out in '90. I must have been eight at the time or, or seven sure. or eight. So I feel like at the time I was inundated with. Uh, uh, previews like um, at the movies on TV yeah. with mm-hmm. every I I own so much Dick Tracy stuff without having ever seen it because it's like what my parents <laughs> would buy me. My parents right. bought it for me because I guess it was like they they would walk into a store and they're like I guess this is what w- kids what's love. for kids yeah yeah exactly so, so I remember fun. having yeah. like I think I might have even had like the hat and I definitely had shirts with the logo and all this merchandise. Cool. So I, I've I've never literally never seen the movie, but I it feels like I it's I've lived it like it's insane. I downloaded I do love, it to watch recently, but that I just went to Disney World and I was like, I'm gonna watch this on the plane, and then I fell asleep. So, <laughs> well, can we talk? It is absurd that that pipeline exists a- a- after all. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're really thing? you're really training kids to buy band T-shirts for bands they don't listen to in that aspect, right? You got a kid walking around all yeah. day in Paw Patrol <laughs> gear, and he doesn't even watch the damn show. Oh yeah, it's fucking when evil. I was, when I was 16, my grandma's like, for Christmas, like, you love Taking Back Sunday, right? And I'm like, Grandma, <laughs> <laughs> you dummy. It's true. I love uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love so, Master P. This movie was for 
first is made for 10 year old boys. First, first of all, perfect mm-hmm. snapshot of a film for 10 year old boys. You see Madonna's nipples and it's a PG film. Is that true? That's all I need to say. You see them. They're very clear. They're right there. Mm. She was dating Warren Beatty at the time. And this is their little vanity project that they did together. But it's very, very much. Um, I don't know. It's very good. It's it's extremely good in in like a visual splendor kind of way. Like put this. Uh, my, you, you mentioned Sin City, and I know I'm going long-winded on this one because I think I'm just filling time because I don't think either of you fucking watch this, so I'm just going to try and keep it going. But you I've mentioned Sin City. I've seen it once. I don't like, like, the CGI aspect of Sin City dates it. Like, it's a movie from 2008, yeah. and it clearly looks like that. This movie has so much fucking practical love put into it. The the one that I always cite is there. he's, like, fighting a hood in a uh, in a weird shack in the far end of the city. And in the shack, they start to fight, and it pulls to an external shot far away, and you see the shack on the hill rocking back and forth as they fight, like a cartoon, like literally like, an, like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Um, very incredibly done, yeah. per, like physical, touchy effect. So is very there anything, anything story-wise, because I mean... It's funny. When, oh, this is I the almost, stupidest I, movie in the world. Don't don't I don't feel watch like, the story. <laughs> it's almost like when you when you praise something for the aesthetic of it or for the the just you the vibe you like to live there. You like to watch it. Makes you feel good. You can just fucking feel it. You like the touch of it all. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes like I almost feel like unfairly that that gets pegged as like a just a a superficial way to love something. But like. You know, that's directing, man. Like, that's, like, so much of that. And when you like that, that's a lot of things that were said yes to and a lot of other things that were said no to that made it the exact thing that you like to really tune into, even aesthetically. Even if you don't like a word of what's said in it. It's like, that's still, that's a fair thing to like about it. So, but that said, you didn't like any of the words? (laughs) (laughs) Well, so it's, it's, the whole thing is that, like, it is, like, a skinned, hard-boiled detective story there's not a single Mm -hmm. story element to this that you've never seen before in other things and that's entirely the point of it it's a pastiche of the heart of the 30s hard-boiled detective novel by guys that in the early 90s were old enough to have deep childhood nostalgia for that era and Mm. wanted to do a movie about it and they did it like in and you know yeah we'll we'll have those guys like doing uh (laughs) 2000s style superhero movies 50 60 years from now like it, it, i'm sure it'll come around there i'm sure there'll be elements that we'll be able to extract from it yeah. um but I, I'm gonna that's try, what this is based completely on the cups i own for mcdonald's as an eight-year-old i'm gonna try and conjure up the, <laughs> this, and, and having never seen game. this movie having never thought about this movie up until yesterday when i downloaded it to watch on the plane i'm gonna try and name the characters that were on the cups uh flat top okay. is al pacino right there's no uh, no. <laughs> no there's flat top right Flat Top is in it, but he's not Al Pacino. Al, Al, Al Pacino plays Big Boy Caprice. Oh, Big Boy Caprice. Uh, there's somebody named Mumbles. <laughs> yes. There's somebody played by named Dustin Hoffman. Prune Face. Yes. This is already is played by Paul, who there's... I think is played by Paul Sorvino. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I'm already stunned. You remembered this from Cups. <laughs> well, that, this is purely like, from every... Cups as an eight-year-old. I can't even remember the Hercules <laughs> Cups. <laughs> well, that's but that's what that's what's brilliant about Dick Tracy, and I think that is brilliant about the, the merchandising is that the villains are like Pokemon. You know what I mean? Or it's just like, or they're yeah. like they're like proto Pokemon, where it's just like, oh, oh, wait, wait, what's this one? Oh, he's, <laughs> We've he's gone got too a, deep. 
He's got a hat for a face. This is John. This is Johnny Hatface. <laughs> the Dick Tracy villains are like Pokemon. That's where we gotta <laughs> we gotta steer out. No, but I mean, but, but I mean, I mean that on a higher level. Like they, they're clearly know, know. they maybe they're not designed for it, but ultimately the the the, the end yeah. result here is toys. You can make toys of all these weird the looking funky guys, thing. like 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 you know, like tall shoulders or or, or ass hat. Like yeah. they're, <laughs> I think those you can turn them into a man. You can turn them into a toy for a child. So Tim, That's at, money its, is. at its already fresh sixty three, where do you bring this? This is, this is a solid eighty aesthetically. This is one. Nice. Of, this is like a fucking. This is a fucking triumph, and it costs a. It costs the same amount of money as your movie, <laughs> as uh, nothing as but time? trouble. The same, okay. Nothing. Nothing but trouble. It, it's the same amount ah. of money. Um, which I think is very funny because both and and the reason I said that they were companion pieces is because both are the kind of like, hey, I've got a vision with a shitload of practical things that I need to build. Can you give me a lot of money to do it? Um, and then you know they ha- they both happened. Uh, but but yeah. uh, Dick Tracy's who was there totally was, consistent. Uh, if, and sorry if you mentioned it. Was there a big name behind the screenwriting of this or directing? Th- or you said uh, Beatty th- directed well, it? Yeah, Beatty direct Beatty directed it. Um, I don't Written know. I don't. I think he might have wrote it. Too. Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Sounds like this. a country band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I did. I did want to mention Nothing But Trouble is the same cinematographer as the Back to the Future trilogy. Okay, just, so this just guy. Oh shit! Just throwing that out there. This Not guy wrote Turner and Hooch, or I Finally. think he's a writer. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Top Gun. Top Gun seems to be that's a damn. Oh, yeah. that's a okay. Movie, right? And he right after Dick movie. Tracy did Anaconda. <laughs> oh no. And the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas, which Oof, very cool. You want to talk about some, another film? Hey, yeah, another Defenders film that Taylor, Rock- Taylor Negron is in. <laughs> and I would yeah. say another of the most underrated actors of all time, Rick Moranis, is in that. That's true. Very true. What is is Warren's sister in this movie in Dick Tracy? I his sister. Annette Bening. Mm. I I thought that was his wife. Oh, I think that's his sister, right? Are they? Uh, it's a mystery. No, well, so I think <laughs> yeah, well, I think I, 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 <laughs> one of those they two can, things. They can be both. Yeah. <laughs> hey. um, no, I think I think the idea is that Where he was dating Valken Madonna. Area? He was well, dating Madonna at the time. So I don't I don't think that producer Michael uh, says they are married. Oh, I yes. I I misspoke. Not Annette Benning. What's uh, he has a famous sister with a different last name. What is her Joan Cusack? Name? That's the one. <laughs> Michael, look up Warren Beatty's sister cuz yeah. it's uh, that's who I was thinking of but I said the wrong name. Sure. Um it's almost like uh who's the who did League of Their Own? I can't remember. But it's al- it's almost like that where it's like brother sister of a different last name. Anyway, uh, we can move uh, on. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. Um Warren Beatty's well, underrated. Deeply underrated. Very uh very 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 thoughtful guy. Um classic style old older lib guy, older New York lib guy. Um, but like his, his his movies always say have like a deep politic political message somewhat, which I think is very mm. funny because this movie is so pro cop in like a in like a comically <laughs> you know over the top way, just as a hard boiled yeah. story needs to be. He's he's an interesting one too, where he's one of those guys where when I just clicked on his Wikipedia earlier and I looked at his filmography, I was like, that's not nearly as many movies as I thought yeah he's he has not. had something to do with I, like, I feel you, like you have to there's probably like a big gap right because he was he was like the big he was like the hottest shit in like the 60s and 70s mm. and i feel like there was probably a huge gap where he either did nothing or did nothing of consequence and then dick tracy kind of brought him back to the spotlight and that's where he got that was like his launching pad for bullworth i guess 
Uh, sure, right. uh, Shirley, think, <laughs> Michael chimed in. Shirley MacLaine is his sister. I, I misspoke. I mean, uh, yes, okay. Shirley, okay. Ma- Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, but, but is she in the movie? It's... I I I, fig- I seem like it feels like he kind of works her into stuff when possible. I Not that she think, needs I don't that. Think... But... I don't okay. think she's it. I don't think she's in this one. But I, okay. I do think it, it is very funny that he goes from this to to Bullworth, which is extremely like, extremely on the nose politically. Oh, um, yeah. Very funny movie. Oh, I, uh, another one I just watched recently. Uh, well, uh, what'd you say? I just said well. <laughs> what what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah. sorry, well, sorry, dude. <laughs> what am I, a Korean water ghost? You piece of shit! Don't ever say that to me. <laughs> How dare you? I was, I was Korean just, you know what? Uh, I was casting. That was my review of how you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how do you like your steaks done? Yeah, um, right. I will say, Tim, you, you, your um, discussion right now makes me want to, I will be watching this in the next couple of days because now uh, I'm, I'm excited get, to watch Dick Tracy. Finally. Get stoned and put it on and go, dude, this is like a comic. <laughs> For like an hour. That's exactly <laughs> the way to watch it. Yeah, that's Tim's yeah, in summation. Do you say Whoa, this is like bro, a comet? this is like a comic, like a live. Uh, yeah, this is like a comet. Comes around every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Put I'm going to now talk every about... Every movie should air on TV. The, oh, I'm sorry, Tim. What were you just saying? Oh, no, 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 please, please. I want to, because I want to talk about this one too, because before we run out of time. We are going to talk about the time traveler's wife. Okay. Um, which is one of those similar to Tim, actually. I saw it for the first time. And this is just the, the Tim and I's brains. We've done so many of these that at this point we've like, I think, circled through the main here are our favorite movies that, that don't have great reviews. And we've already kind of done that. So now when we happen to watch something by accident and it's like, we're like, quick, I liked that. I, I have a feeling yeah. it wasn't well reviewed. <laughs> that, that sucked and I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, thank God. It's, it's Break this down. 38. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that so, sucked and I liked it is my uh, uh, slogan for Arby's. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> I'm always like uh, yeah. awful, and then I'm like, I ate the whole thing. I was pretty hungry. <laughs> when are we coming back? Yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what's bullshit see. about Arby's? Every other sauce is in a cup except for a horsey sauce, which they give you in a packet. Which mm. what am I supposed to do with this? I'm driving oh, yeah. in a car. Arby's I will is, fuck Arby's. I will say I've never ordered horsey sauce on on name alone. Like I refuse. Yeah. As an adult, I refuse to say to another adult, "Can I please have a side of horsey sauce?" Like that. That's yeah. That seems like something that would, like a kid would call like if they walked into a barn and they were like, uh, you know, uh, prepping the horses for yeah, for yeah, uh, yeah. breeding. And it's like, what's that? Sauce. And it's like, oh, that's horsey sauce, son. Yeah. That's how you make a baby horse. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like that. I like that you're. I like that you're like. Uh, it's that's a two prong. It's like, hey, I feel emasculated by saying horsey, and also I think of horse cum. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, the two sharpest the prongs. Thing, yeah. Well, she won't. She will not order things based on their name. Like she will point to them and she mm-hmm. like, I'm not saying that out loud. And yeah. I've never been able to process that until Wendy's had something called the Sawsome Sauce, and every <laughs> and it was del- and it was the best sauce they've ever had. Yeah, and every time right. I would go, I'd be like, Can I have the s- the s- uh, the yeah? That's sauce. well, Burger King ha- uh, used to have a sauce called Donkey Piss, and they uh, they retired that. <laughs> right, right. Because oh. everybody, yeah. Yeah, everybody liked it way too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they kept they saying were guzzling that shit. They were st- they were making to filling it with swimming pools with that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of rap videos. Yeah. It's just why. Yeah, yeah the rough. Rick and Morty demand that was nothing compared to Donkey Piss. Oh, man, you Fucking, I'm sorry. So the, time the power traveler. of Rick and Morty. The the time traveler's wife. 
It's a 2009 American romantic science fiction drama. <laughs> I, I, listen, you might think I have the Wikipedia up right now, and it's just, that's just, I know all those things about the it. The fact that you said American and tipped it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is one of those movies where, um, similar to another classic uh, cinematic masterpiece, Jaws, it was purchased before the, mo- the book even came out. So this was a bo- oh, based damn. on a book, and this was one of those ones that I don't know exactly the circumstance of how this happens. But sometimes through a publisher, I would assume that's all it is. They say, this is good. We have the first few chapters of this. We know it's going to be fucking good. We can sell this. This is like some some movie theater is going to want this because we're going to push it out to every bookstore forever. Um, and then so that as was far as in I, 2000. As far as I understand, it was Jen Aniston who yeah. I think. Yeah, but that like, doesn't mean. Right. I mean, that's what I just like who it gets. It gets sent around. It ends on someone's desk. An yeah. intern reads it. And I don't know why I said Jan Aniston. Like we're on, like we're, like, like we're chilling, like we're yeah. friends. Hey, <laughs> isn't that her, Jennifer Aniston? Is that what you yeah. said? <laughs> then why'd you look at me like I just well, made just up trying, a song? Uh, it's one I'm of those because your mouth was singing a Ravni Shankar sitar riff from uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, like when you know, like friends. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, like, long it's like, and winding road. <laughs> it's on the B like, side. He's got a good. I, a good I love to. I love to do the Friends theme and then do the Jackass riff. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yes, they bought it because she liked it, and um, they made it. It happened. So it was in 2003. I guess the book came out, which means I guess it was bought before that, and then this was this came out in 2009. Um, yeah. So I had again. What I, why, what I started to say when I was like saying, oh, Tim and I are always on the lookout. I'd never seen this before. And mm-hmm. so just put it on. I love time travel. I love wives. Mm-hmm. And I thought, <laughs> this is probably up my alley. I'm already, I'm already in. And um, I was right. Like th- something I love, again, we're talking about our history and why we, you know, most of these things happen to be because they line up with something we already like. And I love very specifically time travel movies. They yeah. always do it for me. And I especially love time travel things and really sci-fi fantasy, anything like that, where I, I deem that it reckons with its concept well enough. And I, lo- that's like, usually what I'm after is like, I want to see you're doing something bonko and then I want to watch people in rooms sad about it. It's like one of my favorite genres of cinema. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. What's the fallout yeah. of this right. immense uh, supernatural event? Yeah, I mean, totally. I'm sure. We're going to introduce something crazy, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, this is how it would go. And then you have Rachel McAdams and, and Eric Bana being extremely sincere and earnest in their comprehension of this very wild thing. So, like, the movie opens with, you know, he he's in the car with his mom, and it's essentially, they sort of start that sometimes it's when he gets stressed out, hold time travel. It, it seems like also just it happens randomly because, you know, it's fun that way just for the story. Mm-hmm. It's fun that he can't control it. Um, and he's, his mom like looks behind him and they're going to uh, they're gonna crash into a truck. And of course, he time travels out of the truck. He goes somewhere else like to his birthday party a couple weeks before. And then he comes back and then future him while he, he watches his mom die in a car crash. And then him from the future runs up and says, you're going to spend your life trying to stop this. You can't. Bye. And then like runs into the woods. It's awesome. It's incredible. <laughs> Does he say and, bye like that? Yeah. Bye. Yeah. It's, you should, it's on, it's on it's movie clips. Mustache twirling. <laughs> 
And um, and then he doesn't. That's another great thing about it. He that's the setup of the movie. And then he, you don't then watch him like in the first act be a young man toiling with the death of his mother and trying to go back and stop it. It just goes like, and then he just didn't, or at least they imply that he did, but we don't need to watch that because that's not the point of this movie. It's about his fucking wife. So mm-hmm. um, the movie continues, and it's it's it does, you know. <sighs> We love, and I say we like Tom. Everyone. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Listen, this is beautiful. I love it. The reckoning you know? with the supernatural. Um, and I understand now that you love wives because I see your big love neck tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's uh, we don't talk about that on, on Reasonable Beef, right? The listeners have no idea what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they know your neck tattoo. Yeah, I'm still they cultivating. Can, they, can ex- they can extrapolate from there. <laughs> <laughs> I've been telling them I'm six three for like <laughs> with no uh, neck tattoo. Five years, yeah. Um, and so then it does this thing, that, like you know, we all love in movies. We love things that are told out of order. It's just for some reason we're all interested because we we got sick of linear narratives and at some point we went what if we what if we were confused mm-hmm. and then that's Mem- a, yeah. memento other movies right <laughs> it's what well, I mean to tenant. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I do I do think that's the the it's not like a new concept to just be like well I don't know and then have somebody go what what don't you know and then you now, got them. This is why now why I, why I bring that up and something I really like about this is in my continued theme of loving reckonings with things. This is told out of order, but um, not for everybody. So it's mm-hmm. like you're having well, the first when he meets her for the first time, she has met him before, and she walks up to him and is like, w- w- "We're gonna fall in love and be married." It's ba- I mean, that's not like what she <laughs> says, but like that's the energy of it. I and then he am goes the time out, traveler's wife. He's like staring at her like she's crazy. And she's like, I've known you forever, which now here's, I need to get this out of the way. Something I find innocent and in a sense, beautiful about this movie is that this movie goes nowhere near the idea that this grown man, every time he time travels, um, he shows up naked when he time travels, his clothes don't go with Uh doesn't, I understand it does, you know, when, when you're, when you're sitting down with a concept like that, it's fun to think of how can we complicate this? What could be something that, that makes it harder? It's not as simple just, as he pops up I just up need a minute else. to picture Eric Bana. Mm, time traveling out of them jeans. Okay. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's I've, just I'm, the jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He shows up. He's, he's Winnie the Poohing it? <laughs> yeah, full, full <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Um, but this movie decides, you know what? We understand that that's like inherently... I don't even know if the movie says we understand. The movie just pretends like that's not creepy or weird. Like it just it ignores it, which I think is uh, you know the winning what? move. <laughs> it, yeah. it really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, you're you're right. You're right because it's, the audience is sitting there thinking like there's this man who is naked steps out of a bush, yeah. goes to a little girl and says, "One day we'll be wed." Yeah. <laughs> she has to go. Yeah. Really? I'm very excited about it. And, and we, I the audience, need to go. Way, normal thing. Normal. That sucks, that sucks to hear because our our criminal justice system has arrested so many time travelers just <laughs> yes. based on confusion. <laughs> it's Give them a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like. That to me, I must say, is is the biggest roadblock of me, like like just fully loving everything about this. And I, I think I mm-hmm. mean that. I think I would love everything about this movie if it wasn't for that. So things that I love about this, it reckons with it being a condition. He, they he goes to the you know he goes to a doctor. They try to figure out what the hell is this. They find out that it's like his brain. It. it 
the whatever i don't know how they you know it's his, like advanced it's psoriasis not, it, yeah well but it's <laughs> his brain you, bubbles you joke they, but it's really not it's not that complicated it's like you have epilepsy but instead of seizing yeah. you travel through time that's right. exactly that's that's precisely and what so it he is. takes like he takes or i'm sorry like, you're epileptic, epileptic, not epileptic. Medicine. he takes like seizure medicine that like subdues it or at least makes it you know it doesn't happen as often or whatever um here's some of the reasons i th- this movie shocked me because i you i I'm assuming if you haven't seen it and if you're listening already when I say how it starts with his mother dying and then him from the future says, don't waste your life and then runs naked into the woods. Um, you, you're, right. you, you have a shape of what you think this movie is because it's very glossy. The poster is beautiful. They're laying in the grass or whatever. You've seen the trailer where it's <laughs> or like whatever. Her. I think, I think that's a yes or no answer. <laughs> no, no, Are they some, laying in the grass? Uh, something like that or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Very like, easy to find this out. Please. Nah, it might be mulch. Could be I'm sitting in a chair point. or whatever. Hold whatever. on. Is uh, it a chair? Listen, it's irrelevant. <laughs> so you have a picture of what you think this movie is, and it does some things throughout it. For better or worse, it's one of those things that, like, despite its promotional material and what it is, how it is imagined pop culturally, the, there are things that it gets like major credit for in spite of that. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, Absolutely. I don't know if, listen, if I saw this in a vacuum, I don't quite know what my perception of it would be. But because I thought this is just a really. Help! I don't want to watch <laughs> movies. I'm stuck in a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> well, what else am I going to do? I can't breathe. <laughs> you have to die, son. Yeah. Um, it, it just shocked me on several occasions. One of the first ways it shocks me. Um. I'm wondering how much are we spoiling here? Because I want to talk about Spoil things that made thing. me love this movie. Are you ever going to watch this movie? I I have never seen it. I will say I read the book. Okay, um, so you I, I read the book as I was moving to Chicago, and the the book is set in Chicago. So I use right. this. The, there's two things I remember from this book. One <laughs> is that I I I really enjoyed it and actually used it as like a cultural map for for my new transition into Chicago. So I remember they mentioned like Ann Sather's and I was like, I got to try that out. And I was like, these cinnamon rolls are amazing. I remember they mentioned the Metro and I was like, I got to go see a band there. And I saw Arcade Fire. So I'm, it, it, it was so cool and helpful to like me discovering a new city. And then the that, second yeah. scene I remember, which I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil this because I don't even I don't I have to imagine it's not in the movie. The second thing I remember from the book is that at some point his mom walks in and he's fucking himself. Is that in the movie? It can't Unfortunately, be. Unfortunately, right? I'm no. sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She walks in and he's like, he's like fucking himself. Cause it's too, that whips ass. Yeah. yeah of it's course. like him. It's like him as a 15 year old. And then like him as like a 15 and a half year old. And they meet up and like <laughs> explore bodies. It's very, it's, it was, but I remember like laughing and then being like, this is pretty disturbing. Yeah. Who needs the time traveler's wife? We got the time travel. Now, I'm torn between wanting to talk passionately about this, but also let people see this movie to like have mm-hmm. some of the reactions I had. I'll give you, I'll give you a piece of a thing that I loved that this movie did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because it was like, again, it is a rom com. I mean, it's beautiful and it's is sweet, it? and and their chemistry is incredible. Rachel McAdams is awesome in everything forever. She's just, she's one of those ones where it's like. First of all, she's, I know this is like a joke about this movie, but she has played a time traveler's wife or significant other like several times in movies. This is like a thing that she's <laughs> it's been true. known for. She's very she's good in, at love you eyes. Yeah, I could, mm-hmm. I feel like she loves me. Mm-hmm. Love you. Mm-hmm. Oh, love you. you like, yes. like, love like, you like eyes, like yeah. eyeballs. I thought you were saying like, like love, yeah. like love user you. interfaces. <laughs> no, like Nala yes. in The Lion King, where they just zoom in on her eyes and you're like, <laughs> she loves him. 
<laughs> love yeah, me eyes. Yeah, exactly. Love you, love you eyes. eyes. Big fan. The, um, so there's a moment where everything's going pretty well. He has used his power in the face of great turmoil in his life and his romance with this woman. He has basically at one point goes like, here's a fucking lottery ticket. We win. I'm done. He goes like, I'm sick. I'm annoyed. This is sucks for me. It sucks for you. We're rich now. Peace. <laughs> like, and, it, and then they, they toil with the decision for like one second. She goes, we can't do that. That's not right. And then he goes, okay, I'll rip it up. And she goes, wait. And the next scene, they're buying a, they're buying a house in the next scene. It's awesome. It's incredible. But I like That's that. Great. I so, love that because it's, it's economic because it's like, just yeah. as you, the audience are going, what does this fucking loser do for a job? And then yeah. it's. No, actually, yeah. I well, he works at a money. he works at a library, <laughs> you know. Ah, yeah. So uh, can we talk? About, can we talk about Eric Bana's American voice well, in this? Because it's one, one second though, because the follow up to, to this. So they're in the house. Please. Things are going well. They're having like a party. They're having some friends over, um, and they are all making food, laughing, and then they like walk into the dining room, and Eric Bana is he walks in and sees himself on the floor screaming with a bullet wound bleeding onto the floor naked saying help me help me and then he disappears again it was i was like dude this movie fucking rules what is happening i was like i didn't think this was good i didn't think he was gonna see his own dying self on the floor of his like home with with and it's not even just that he sees it and like quietly reels it's like him and everyone who loves him walks into this room and watches the moment he's gonna die in like a bloody way in like a horrible way he's not an old man saying this is my last moment it's like has right. he been murdered? Was there an accident? So this if he's is, on the ground naked, it must he must have like tra- time traveled right into the path of a bullet. <laughs> it's something. Uh, listen, it's it's you're not far you're not far off. All right, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, there are more things than I want to talk about, and that I find very clever about the way that this movie goes. All right, if you jumped around through time, you were having a relationship out of time. It it doubles down on like you have things that you disagree with, things that you want that the other person doesn't want and vice versa. And then how does traveling through time and she sort of experiencing her life linearly and his life out of order and meeting up with him when he wants different things as an older guy or as a younger guy and then occasionally exploiting that, you know, she's moving in one direction through time and she kind of like takes advantage of like, oh, well, he wanted this thing that he doesn't want anymore but in the past and then she meets up like it it does fun shit with it like that on top of just being in general like everybody in it is pretty good and it's pretty emotional but go ahead let's talk about his fucking voice tim go ahead that <laughs> <laughs> no, we could so i do like that ron livingston is in this movie as a guy he's like yeah my name is gomez don't worry i'm white like that that makes me i yeah. love that that's right off the top he's just like hey i got an ethnic name but don't worry i'm an italian guy i forgot his name it's for the casting director yeah i forgot about that yeah, it's good shit he's uh, that's also an interesting uh, one too, Banna sounds more this movie does a good job too with like the convincing of people that it's real you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it doesn't just like there's no just immediate acceptance it does that fun thing of like you, it, it keeps it, it lets you be frustrated as a viewer for the appropriate amount of time because you know sometimes like you're watching something and you're like I just like it's fun to watch people not just believe someone tell them yeah yeah just say it dude <laughs> just do it or say it and then there's like there's a scene in this movie where at some point he just says listen I fucking t- I travel through time and 
sooner or later, you're going to realize that I'm telling the truth. For right now, you're going to have to believe me. And and then he disappears. And the guy's like, okay, I, you know, I, it, I believe him now. And it's like, and that's, it, sorry. So anyway. Eric Bana, just to go back to his voice, he's, he's deeply Australian, right? Yes. Yes. But he, he's super he from only, Australia. He only gets cast as either Americans or Israelis. <laughs> from, from Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I, guess, what, I guess, well, I've seen him as an, as an Australian a handful of times. I guess usually in like okay. Australian productions. But when he does do an American movie, this movie in particular, he sounds more from America than I am. Like he sounds, he's got <laughs> yeah. that voice where he's just like, hello, I work yeah. at a library. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. All I want to do is not time travel and have right. a hamburger. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> that's what I studied abroad in England for a while. And that's like anytime somebody would meet me and uh, very clearly find out that I was from the US within seconds, right. they would be like, oh, howdy, partner. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> like cheeseburger fries. And I'm like, honestly, not far off. Like, yeah, like who cool. told you the code? <laughs> yeah. And then, I, and then I'm like, I, and then I turn on them and I'm like, hello, love. Yeah. Fancy a biscuit? Like, and they're like, well, that's, you're being. What'd you think? Yeah. Well, come on. Yeah. What are you think? <laughs> well, you can't do that here. We all talk like that here. You're the, we have to make fun of you. Right. Oh, I will shit. say so, it's, it seems like only non-Americans non anymore in the last 20 years play superheroes. Eric Bana yeah. was Hulk. I never saw that, but I yeah. know he was one of the Hulks. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays Superman is British. Tom Holland yeah. is British. Christian Bale is, is British. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hugh Jackman is yeah. Australian. I feel like every, they outsource all superheroes, which is yes. like, that's all we have as Americans as superheroes. Yeah. And I remember, I remember Spider-Man being like the breaking point for me. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's actually pretty great. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, they're all great. That's the problem. I mean, it is, a, yeah. it is a, it's just weird. It's like a weird, like, is that just a coincidence? Do these yeah. just happen to be the people that they, that they like? Or are they doing such a good American accent? It's like what Tim said. They sound more American than any of us. And we're like, that's correct. I think they, they, they can, they can control any sort of like regional cadence mm -hmm. or anything. So there's no drawls slipping right. in or anything. I think they, their pipeline is just tighter to like get, Get oh, actors, yeah. you know, like they they have, they just have more <laughs> in place. That's what I would do. Yeah, I'm checking out. I'm going back in time, meeting myself, and checking out my fucking pipeline. <laughs> Got a nice tight pipeline over here. <laughs> Get that horsey sauce, baby. <laughs> but yeah, so this is. I thought this movie was very funky. I, I knew exactly why you were into this, Dom. I was just like, yeah. oh, this has a concept, and it's executing yeah. on the concept. And it's exploring the back end of this. Um, I think it's kind Ooh, of funny. The movie's I, yeah, called I'm The Time. Go, I'm going back in time, baby. I'm going to meet my best oh, yeah. self and explore the back end. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie's called... Sorry. The movie's just called The Time. If you just like, stop saying those things, I'll stop doing it, okay? That's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so what did you think of the, 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 the interplay between actors in this film? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of, of loaded phrases. Yeah, it seems like you're well, getting at interplay something. and loaded phrases are both. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> both great. But I didn't try. I was. It was yeah. a harder. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's it is one of those ones where I feel like this is a weird, maybe a weird thing to say, but I think I think you'll know what I mean. I feel like if this came out in 1999 instead of 2009, and it was shot on 1999 film, um it would maybe be beloved in a different way. Because this falls in a... This is a weird zone. This is like post-Twilight 2, all right? Yeah. We, oh, yeah. 
we're figuring the it u- out. Ugly, <laughs> ugly digital era. Yeah, of, and I of think film. If I remember, because when I watched this, I thought it was older than it was, because something's telling me it's it's shot on film. But it's just, I, I but don't. It has, it's just got. But it it's has got that, that very. Gloss. It's, it's got, got the that, very yes, glossy, yeah. garish. Uh, I, I associate it with a walk to remember, but I guess it's more Twilight. Uh, yeah. Just like that style of two thousands movie making. Yeah. It, it feels like there's did. there's a whole swath of like underappreciated cinema from maybe like uh, I, I might change this after I think about it 2005 to 2010 because it feels mm. like uh, everything was shifting towards it, I I think that was yeah. like the era of like Harry Potter Lord of the Rings I think everything was shifting to like epic sprawling series that were fantasy or whatever it was and mm. it felt like there's a lot of movies because I remember. At the time, I would only go see like those huge, um, yeah. like IP movies to be like, "Holy shit, look what we can do with film!" So I feel like there's a lot of like this movie I never saw. Like there's a lot of um, films I missed because I, I feel like in the zeitgeist it was just like a different movie going was like just a different experience because you're yeah. mostly seeing like what can we do with cameras anymore. So so I yeah, it, yeah. and that's I mean we talk about that all the time. It's, I mean that. I think you're right to point around there for when the slippery slope got yeah, slipperier yeah. here, because <laughs> um, I it, we're we're I, we're still very much there because yeah. it becomes the cost thing. It's like, do we want right, to spend just, a little bit of money to make a little bit of money, or do we want to spend way too much money to make potentially the most money anyone's ever made? And so yeah. it's like I, they're just. Right. I mean, you talk about the weird spending of the '90s we've been talking about, but also like that is, you know, we're in a weird. But yeah, we, yeah. we we point to Netflix all the time. How much money is Netflix spending on anything and everything? It's cra- It's yep. it's wild. Maybe, and yep. maybe, maybe this is a little bit too general of, of of a criticism, but I feel like a lot of it is that CGI is more of a craft, right? Where it's like you can you can create a perfect recreation of the world and then set something in it and have it react realistically and have it look incredible. Um, but when you when you're talking about like the practical effects from like maybe these early '90s, like late '90s movies that you you have to apply, like you have an artistic choice to make. The person making the thing has a choice to make of like, oh, how the fuck do I even want this to exist? Like, how do I want? Not even yeah. oh, how do I want this to look, but how do I want it to be? What's it made of? And you know, um, there, there's just like a lot more elements. I'm when sorry? you pointed to when you pointed to even within Dick Tracy, where you're saying like, you know, they're they're. Well, you we use Sin City as an example. Like that's aged weirdly because of when it, you know, because of what it is and how and the CGI that it is, and because and of Mickey just, Rourke's personality. <laughs> well, that's <whatever>. true. <laughs> Listen, he was incredible as well, he was the wrestler, Whiplash, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the, the worst, the uh, greatest villain of all time. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you don't like? Uh, you didn't like? You know how Iron Man has he shoots out laser beams? What if they were? What if? <laughs> What if they were roped? You didn't yeah. like what that? If, what if he fought someone at close range? Yeah. It's, it's so funny to see, like, Sam Rockwell in that movie, and you're like, make that the villain. Like, he's the interesting totally. one. Like, he's why clearly, are we going right, towards right. this Russian? Yeah. Listen, I, I also like Iron Man, too. Maybe that's my next Defenders. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. It, what I was going to say was, effects-wise, I feel like there's, like... When they were doing everything, when everything was practical and it was still composite, and sometimes it was literally, like filming a screen projecting one of the plates of the of the special effect and like that's how they were doing effects a lot uh, for some of that stuff and like early green screen was like a weird film re-recording thing where it was like you were it, it was like 
I don't remember how I don't remember how it worked, but Whatever. it was like a projection thing. They would they would put it through a projector that ignored the color that it was shot on, like the green screen, and then right. you had to like that's why when it cuts to like Marty on the hoverboard with his foot, all of a sudden the quality of the film drops like I mean, and I mean that fidelity sure. wise, like it just all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh my God, that's the grainiest footage I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, is that is that why Flea's line is so um so hard to understand? Hoverboards don't float on water unless you've got power. That one line. That one line. <laughs> I remember rewinding it like yeah. ten times to be like, "What is he saying?" The fuck and then is like that? the and then like the twelfth time, I'm like, "Oh, he's saying hoverboards don't float on water unless you have power." Yeah, we need to bring the, in an Australian yeah. to enunciate. Flee. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's when they realize it. Like we got to stop doing this. Like, yeah. Those boys don't work on water unless you've got power. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway. Yeah, um, in the future, everyone's annoying. Yeah. So this this was 38. I really believe mm -hmm. that this movie is... Here it comes. He's crying again. Listeners, he's crying again. <laughs> Listen, they his, big, breaking his, the big love, his big love neck tattoo was dripping down his neck. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah was, it was clearly not... Uh, it was a temporary. <laughs> yeah. It was hente. Yeah. Wait, hente? That's the temporary tattoo or that's the porn? I'm so sorry. You're thinking of henna. Yes, okay, thank you. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, did, you say it's a, did you say he has a hente tattoo? <laughs> yeah, but it's also a henna tattoo, so it is uh -huh, not uh -huh. permanent. Mm -hmm. um, it's just made the next couple weeks of my professional life. Regardless, probably. my mom is not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Either I've way. made I've made such a deep detour from what you were saying, Dom, <laughs> that we are we are now in Vulcanvania. Yeah. <sighs> we're talking about different movies. He... he uh, he sh th this timeline confuses the shit out of me. He sh ha they had to halt, halt filming this for a while. First of all, to wait for a field to get to the right time of year again that they had shot in. They needed to do like a reshoot or something like that. And also because he shaved his head for Star Trek, for J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Oh, shit. Which, like, for some reason, these movies did not came out. They did not come out the same year, but they did. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because this was media for girls, and we were watching media uh, for boys, uh, and we really, right. and I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean that half ironically. Like, it's just the I shit that was mean. marketed to us. It's a marketing thing. But anyway, this is not a 38. This movie, you know, I'm feeling bold. 39? Uh-huh. <laughs> this movie's like an 85, I think. Wow. This movie's like a B plus. Yeah. This okay. is, it's emotional, and it's cheesy, but it's like, I don't know. Is it cheesy, or is it just that's like, it's, it's. It's sincere. I don't know. Like, no, it's cheesy. That's a, that's a hairline. That's a hairline. But I, 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 but I, 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 I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Though it's like it's it's operating on like a level of sincerity that is. I mean, that can only be described as a romance film. It's extremely yeah, like it's a, it's the, the bottom lip of this film is quivering the whole fucking time. <laughs> just really that's, wants yeah, to admit a I'm deep going secret back in time to, you. to see. Never mind. I'll just stop. Quivering Lips. <laughs> Quivering Lips is a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also a grunge, a grunge rock band? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the guitar line from uh, Prince's uh, All Seven and We'll Watch Them Fall. Yeah. <laughs> All Seven. Anyway, well. Yeah. I was born in 1992, so. Uh... <laughs> Y'all, this was. This was great. This was fun. Like we um, we all made our cases. Yeah, um, and then we find and, uh, out we find out who's who. Do you guys contact Rotten Tomatoes and then they bump the score based on us? Or we have yeah. a great relationship. We just tell them. They, it's okay. not even like they don't really decide. We just yeah. say it's more of like a text kind of thing. Sure, that's great. They Thank have you. a. 
They have to send correspondence to the city dump. They say that their offices are there. Process it at the city dump. I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. Um, Adel, thanks yes. for being here, man. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for, I finally got a platform. I've been waiting 39 years to have a platform to yell from the rooftop that I love nothing but trouble. This is great. Hell yeah. I, listen, I just watched it without having heard, like, I, I just saw it. And mm -hmm. after hearing you talk about how much you like it, I'm like, eh, I guess I think I like that movie. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I love huge swings. Even if I, I, I can recognize, like, I, I was trying to be conservative. I gave it a, a 78. To me, it's a, a 100 in terms of, like, it's so enjoyable. <laughs> it's everything I want a movie to be in terms of, like, it's surprising. It's bonkers. It's weird. It's creepy. It's, there's, there's moments that are like, what the, like, this doesn't right. work. But yeah. I just love, I mean, I would rather 10 times out of 10 watch a big swing than, than a bunt. So that's. Absolutely. Uh, basically, I, I love Major League, and that's why I'm making uh, baseball metaphors. Okay, good. Major League's good. I do. Yeah. I also want to. I also want to screen cap or a uh, uh, screen cap. Um, there's plenty of uh, music. Do you want us to all smile? These stupid. I'm sorry. Nothing. Nothing. Just keep. Nothing. Out. Well. 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 Dom broken social scene does a terrible cover of Level Tears Apart in um, in Time Traveler's Wife. They're a fantastic band. If you watch this movie and went, "Wow, it's a really bad cover," please just don't judge them for that. They're a very good band. Otherwise. <laughs> Well, Canadians don't know about love, so they that's have no true. Business. They don't know they anything about no anything. business. Yeah, just just maple and elk. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, Dick Tracy, Mandy Patinkin sings a song, and he's fantastic. <gasps> Mandy yeah. Patinkin is in Dick Tracy. Broadway legend Mandy <laughs> Patinkin is it that? I will. I'm going to watch this tonight. Not, that's, <laughs> not only that, truly, I adore you, him. All yeah. of the original songs in Dick Tracy were written by Stephen Sondheim. They're all what? original songs for the movie. Wait, does, does Manny Patinkin sing Finishing the Hat in Dick Tracy? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I, truly, this, this, the number one selling point now is that Dick, is that Manny Patinkin is in it and sings. So now I'm Yes, he's great. He does, a duo, he does a duet with Madonna, a wow. song called uh, Too Much to Lose or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, but he's fantastic. And he plays an extremely minor role in this movie, but he, he does a couple of... Move, move over, uh, Neil um, Diamond. Mandy Patinkin is my Jewish Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I did not know... It, tragically, I didn't know Neil Diamond was Jewish until this very moment. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All connection. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Doll. Thanks for being on the show. Hey. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So I, I got to admit something to you. At the end of our episodes, usually we do a, a very poorly slapped together improv game. Do, yeah. do you have something maybe? Do you have something maybe fresh for us for our audience, like a fun game that you like to play? Oh boy, there's one warm up, and I can't. I, hopefully, I'm describing this correctly because I haven't done it in like six years. But there's there is an improv warm up that's like going to the movies where each person takes a turn. So what it is is it's like you say the first. Uh, it, it involves multiple people, we, but we can just go multiple rounds to, to finish each each turn, mm. if that makes sense. Because typically it's done with like six people, but it's like three lines from the movie poster. So it might be like um, a boy and girl desperately in love, a dog who wants his wife, and then or, or and like uh, <laughs> it, 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 while romping through Santa Fe. So it's like three lines from the movie poster, and then it's the title of the movie. 
And then it's somebody says, somebody either says one ticket, please, if they like it, or they say what else is playing. So it's a whole thing. But you can basically do the movie poster and then the name so of the movie. So do we each say one of those lines or is Yeah. It... Okay, cool. So it's like we're, we're basically piecemealing together a movie based on like the, the bold <laughs> text on a poster. Um, okay. You can try this movie poster one. You want to you want to start us off? So it's we all do, so sure. we, we all do a line like from the part of the tagline. Somewhat then the next person after we through that somebody titles it. Yeah, then... so let's. I think we'll just do that part. Okay. So it's it's three taglines from the poster that would be yeah. like in bold print where it's like if you walk by um, and you saw this in a in a window you'd be like oh here's that movie and here's like the gist of it here's the three line the three bullet points that that either make or break it. And then um, whoever started the first tagline will then title the movie. Cool. Um, yeah. Do we? Do I'm we so wanna, nervous. I'm so nervous. Should we so do one we, of the movies we... we we've talked about so that we have like a baseline to, to get comfortable with it? Absolutely. Yeah. So can I, can yeah. I can I see your recommendation and we, we will edit this and I appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, of course. Kind of pitching this. Why don't we do this for the sequel to each of our movies? So we oh, could do. Oh, I love this. Cool. So we'll do like you know Dick Tracy two whatever whatever. But so we can play three variations on this game. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it. a very long game, right? Great. No, no, no. Should be very okay. short. Okay. Does that sound good, right. Dama? Yeah, let's do it. I guess. We'll, All right. We do, could... Let's start with the time traveler's wife too. Do you want to? Do you want to give us the the first line of the movie poster? <laughs> yeah, sure. The first line is, um, "You thought he was dead, <laughs> <laughs> but time um, travel. But time travel can now be cured. <laughs> um, but at what cost?" <laughs> Time Traveler's Wife too. I love this subtitle. This is perfect because it's it's basically just a guy living. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's like. But at what cost? It's like holy holy shit! If what if in the sequel we stop him time traveling and it's just called the wife? (laughs) (laughs) Let's think about let's think out everything that was exceptional about this story. Um, Perfectly done. Perfectly done. Okay, so I'll go next with nothing but trouble. Um, so why don't um, we, why don't we subtitle it based on what we, what we hit with on the, uh, on the other jokes. So like, uh, uh, but trouble too. uh, resurrection. I don't, I don't fucking know. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so this'll be, um, uh, small town freaks living in the big city. Um, Fuck. <laughs> fuck works. So we'll leave in fuck. We'll leave in fuck. Small town freaks. So so here's the full poster so far. Small town freaks living in the big city fuck. So yeah. we know that they're they're getting some action. Mm-hmm. Is it me now? And then Dom bring us home. Okay. And then I'll give or it the title. could be small town folks living in the city, period. Fuck. Yeah. Period. Period. Yeah. And then so this is bad news. A new couple with a new family. Nothing to trouble. New York City sex. Right. And it's like Chevy Chase and, and Demi Moore like on the cover, like looking like, uh-oh, big wide eyes. Like, what have we done? And it's like the not only the, not, yeah. yeah, not only that are they big eye big wide-eyed, what have we done? But they're holding hands and they're in a tux and a in a in a um wedding gown. Yep. Cause mm-hmm. their wedding just got their wedding and honeymoon just got ruined by these freaks. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's, the, that's probably the, the, a pretty good sequel, right? Like if they were going to do a sequel, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It's like, it's the logical next step, unlike uh, the Beetlejuice sequel, which is him in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Which, <laughs> we'll see it someday, right? Yeah. They need to bring back Mr. Bone Ripper in this erotic sequel. I feel like it's just kind of, it's kind of there. Oh yeah. It's written, make it, written on the walls. Make a sentient roller coaster who's um, experiencing life for the first time. 
That's true. That's very true. There you go. So, uh, uh, nothing but trouble to New York City sex. Yep. Oh, I liked that one. See, that uh-huh, one just, uh-huh. that just made just sense. Kinda, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, um, Tim, what are we doing? Dick Tracy 2. Okay. Uh, it's just going to be all of us listing fucking names that sound like <laughs> Gobble Steve. Um, Gobble Steve. What does he do? Watch him eat. Oh, yikes. He's like a duck. <laughs> he just, that's a Tracy just pulls out his revolver. And just, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. He's not a villain. He's not a villain. He just he just eats weird. I'm so sorry. Don't kill him. Listen, Don't kill him. he's got a freak name, so he's yeah. a villain. Yeah, he's like, put him in jail. That's my uncle, please. No. Yeah. <laughs> tummy, okay. tummy, tummy trouble, Tom. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm just. <laughs> tummy trouble. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm not. Tommy trouble, Tom. Yeah, it's I'm like, also, bad. that's just today. I just ate something weird. It's not even like a thing with me. I just, right now, I don't. I mean, feel it could well. be my power, but so far, it just sucks. <laughs> okay. Um, how, about, how about this? How yes. about this? Okay. Yes. New, new blood has taken up the mantle. Ooh. <laughs> and he has no idea. New Blood is, is a name. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. And then, I, I'm so sorry I have to do this, yeah. but I, I have to do um, sort of um, um, featuring. So I'm going to say, yeah. starring Homeland's Mandy Patinkin as, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as New Blood. Yeah. Dick Tracy 2, uh, The Unknowing. Yes, 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 yes. Dick Tracy 2, an even older lead. Yep, and this will be so. I, I Manny Patinkin is new blood, but this is sort of a Chris Evans uh, goldfish mm. situation where it's like, please forget that he was in the first movie as somebody else. Please forget Chris mm, yeah. Evans was a Human Torch. He's he's very right. much Captain America because that that sold better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I think you were saying like that we need to bring Chris Evans in for this one because I think he'd be perfect for New Blood. That's exactly who I'm thinking. Oh yeah, I love, and he has to wear that that uh, cable knit sweater from uh, Knives Out. Yeah, that's right. Wouldn't be seen without it. Thank you, Adel. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm running out of steam, but I, 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 Adel, Adel, Adel. Yeah, Adel. Yeah, yeah. Running hey, out of steam. You Thanks don't have to run out of steam. I'm ready to end whatever. But I just want to say thank you. Am I keeping us here? No, 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 no. I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate thank your you. time. Yes, of course. Thank you all for having me. And I will, um, uh, I will mention this on uh, Hey Riddle Riddle, and uh, I'll put it in our newsletter, and, and hopefully I can help uh, Signal Boost the show. Well, yeah. Anything, oh, shucks. We love a Signal it, Boost. Yeah. Do do your plugs. Anything to plug? Where do you want? Where do you want our our beefers to to Ooh, find you? There's got to be a yeah, better name. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, the more I think about, it, the more I let it marinate, I would 100 percent wear a hat that where, said beefer. Where um, do you want yeah. our sleepy beefies to to go? <laughs> I thought I, th- I thought we just de- I thought we decided on beeves a while ago, but I, I guess Ooh. a bee, yeah, yeah. Beeves sounds like a like a C list butler. Like get in here, yeah. beeves, beeves. Yes. <laughs> you ate Run the away. you ate the foie gras again. Classic beeves. <laughs> uh, you can check me out on a few podcasts. I do a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is an improvised fantasy uh, podcast mm-hmm. uh, about a guy who falls into a magical portal and he sets up a podcast and interviews all the creatures um, nice. and goes on adventures. And then I also do a podcast called Hey Riddle Riddle, which is me and two friends, and we talk about, discuss, try, and solve riddles, puzzles, lateral thinking problems, and along the way, we kind of stop and, and tear them apart and make fun of them and do improvised scenes, so so please check those two out. It's very, very funny. It's very, very, it funny. very funny. Thank you so much. Thank you. Fellas. It was it, it, Listening uh, to an episode of that podcast was uh, the most... Um, 
insecure I've ever been when a guest was going to come on. I was like, oh, God, oh, no. Oh, he's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> Fuck. And it was Michael, great. Michael Cass from the talented pool again. We, we told him not to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's one of those weird situations where the whole point is to have a guest, but if they outshine us. <laughs> well, I'm happy well, I'm to not say I limboed under your bar. No, this, this is, is for us. This is for Michael. This was his birthday <laughs> gift. He wanted yeah. to hear a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're um, going to put okay, it on look. a CD and wrap it for him. <laughs> and hey, if you like what you heard here for some reason, please go to com slash reasonablebeef. Give what you can. Any man money gets you access to bonus beef, which is our uh, monthly bonus episode. We got a nice little backlog for you. Just put two new ones up, including yeah, Boss I'm going, Baby. That's what I'm doing. I'm going mm. back in time. I'm meeting my past self. You know what? I'm, I'm trying to find that backlog. Ooh, that's baby. true. If you go- Keeping it tight. <laughs> And I got to say, I got I to gotta offer, this is this is something I've never done on any other podcast, but because I've had such a good time and because you guys were so so fun and welcoming and nice and cool, well, I'm offering beefers or beeves. Mm-hmm. If you, I, no, one will, no one will probably do this. If you go on Twitter and you tweet about uh, reasonable, be- reasonable Beef or the podcast in general or this episode or anything, and you use the hashtag horsey sauce, if you're brave <laughs> enough... If you are, <laughs> if you can rise to the challenge, the, the epic challenge of using the hashtag horsey sauce, I will follow you on Twitter. I, can, I don't know how long that'll last. I might unfollow you once I'd be like, yeah, oh, this is, this is the person who hashtag horsey sauce. What am I doing? He's but I gonna, will follow you on Twitter. We're checking, all right? Yeah. We're waiting and, like yep. two weeks mm-hmm. and we're going to look at your feed. And if you deleted yep. that fucking tweet, if you didn't yep. stick to if it is not pinned <laughs> to your profile, if it is not the featured tweet still. <laughs> Well, hold on. I'm not trying to ruin lives here. Don't pin that tweet. Nah. Listen, it's too easy to get a job now. We need to make it a little yeah, harder. Listen, right? listen your, your, your CV looks great, yeah. but I noticed your pinned tweet is uh, hashtag horsey if, if you If you go to your LinkedIn and you make your, your most recent job works with horsey sauce, I will, in fact, follow you. All right. We got to go. Adam, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Appreciate your oh, time. Bye. Dom, Dom, you have to take us out with the friend song. We're down in Louisiana, down in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs>